0: Hey there and welcome to another episode of Tourism Marketing Mastery. I'm your host, Eric Hattersheit, and today's topic is What the Haida Taught Me About Marketing. Hey, my name is Eric Hattersheit, and I'm part of a group of independent tourism operators that you've probably never heard of. We deliver experiences that are beyond a photo shoot. When they're not, we actually have to change our guests' lives. But because we don't have unlimited budgets like the big brands, we have to think differently, and we have to be clever with our marketing. We need to reach our audiences to make the impact, but we also need to be profitable right from the start. Unfortunately, traditional education is about 20 years behind and they aren't teaching us what we need to know. So we've decided to take matters into our own hands. We're sharing marketing tactics that work today because we are experienced masters and what we do matters. All right guys, so today's topic is gonna be on what the Haida taught me about marketing. So, first question from you guys is, for most of you, is going to be, who the heck are the Haida? So, the Haida are a coastal tribe um, in British Columbia. British Columbia is the the province where I grew up. And the Haida is one of the the largest tribes that were there that uh, populated along the coast. So, (laughs) how did I learn about... Anything for marketing from the hideout. Well, back in the day, when I was a young lad, um, I am, hopefully I'm still a youngish lad, but when I was a, a younger lad, I went to university um, at the University of British Columbia. And the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, um, on their campus, they have the museum, uh, BC Museum of Anthropology. Now, I, Happen to be a big anthropology nerd. I think that's honestly part of what led to my interest in marketing is that I am fascinated by psychology and cultures and how people interact. And uh, so me being a massive anthropology nerd, um, I actually spent a decent amount of time in the Museum of Anthropology. And in the Museum of Anthropology, in uh, BC at least, they're, most of the museum, I'm, I'm going to say a good chunk of it is um, is dedicated to a lot of the native tribes that were in the area, A um, big one being the Haida. So one day I'm in the museum just creeping on exhibits as I do and there's a tour group that is next to me. And in the tour group the, um, the tour guide is talking about native culture and their traditions and he points to this box that's sitting there, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool-looking box. Um, it's a intricate box, and looks like it looked, it would have taken a lot of time to make and carve and put together. And he said, "You see that box? That box is extremely important to the height of people because that box was given as a gift at a potlatch." And then he went on to explain. He said. A potlatch is kind of like a, it's like a a aboriginal potluck, it's where they all get together and they share food and they feast and they join as a community. Um, And it's not just one community that gets together, it's actually, it's usually a potlatch is something that draws tribes from all up and down the coast, all these like sub-tribes and families um, that might have split off. They all come together. And these potlatches can be huge. They can be hundreds of people. Sometimes they can be into the thousands. Um, and what he said was when the natives, uh, I don't know if natives politically correct, I'm not here to offend anybody, but I let's go with the Aboriginals. When the Aboriginals, um, when they decided to host a potlatch, he said it could take two years or more um, from when they first invited people to a potlatch to when the actual invitation um, would would uh, come to fruition and everyone would come together so invites would go out up to two years ahead of time and Then after two years had gone by they agreed upon a certain time and everyone would come together and He said the reason that it took so long for those potlatches to happen was because not because of resources it wasn't because it took that long necessarily to build up resources he said it was because of the gifts and the the reason it took that much time is because every family that got an invitation when they came to the host uh, who was hosting that potlatch the host tribe all of those families would get intricate gifts gifts that would take sometimes years to make and the reason that these gifts were so important was because the host tribe was very aware of the fact that they wanted to maintain a close relationship with these families in case they ever needed to call on them in times of need so let's say that they were warring with a, a local tribe or that there was famine um, or that they just needed help in some of their capacity maybe they needed help in development What they wanted to be able to do is they wanted to be able to call on any one of those families or all those families potentially and know that they would show up and know that there was a close bond there, there was a close relationship and so what they would do to ensure that that relationship was intact is they would spend up to two years um, methodically thinking out custom gifts for every family that was going to show up at this thing and then spend the time crafting them, making them, putting them together. And these gifts were not gifts of uh, food or uh, resources that could be consumed. Those were also, they were also gifts of that nature as well but it was very, very important for the host tribe to make sure that they were giving out gifts that would last. And the reason for that is because if they gave gifts that would last and that were um, appreciated and that were high value objects to those families, it ensured that that thing that they gave as a gift, for instance, this box, would remain as a physical presence in that that family's lodging forever. And so every time the family looked at that thing, looked at that box, they would be reminded of that relationship. And I thought that was fascinating. Now you might be asking me, well, what does that have to do with marketing? Well, I used to um, I used to give gifts that were consumable. So uh, it wasn't unusual for me to give gifts, like let's say um, I would give, I'm mean, a super common one for a lot of businesses, is giving away like Starbucks cards, but when it comes to guests, um, I wouldn't give away Starbucks cards, but I might give away bottles of wine, or flowers, or um, I might get them vouchers for uh, a dinner like a, at a restaurant. And those are not bad gifts, those are really good gifts, um, and I'm okay with giving gifts like that on top of other things, but what this lesson taught me, what the what the Haida taught me was that it's actually really important that a lot of thought goes into the gift because you wanna give a gift that's actually gonna be in the physical presence of that person from here forever moving forward. And what I realized when I actually thought about this was that it often, it doesn't take any more money to produce that gift. If you really wanna go out, it can, but Um, let's say that you give them a voucher for 50 bucks for dinner. Well, they're going to consume that dinner, they're going to be appreciative of it, but are they going to be thinking about that dinner randomly three years down the road? Probably not. So, as opposed to giving them a $50 gift card for dinner, what would happen if you got two custom mugs made up that had their names on them? Um, like maybe two custom camp mugs or something. Would that cost you $25 a mug? To be honest, no, it's a lot cheaper than that. <laughs> but is it something that they're gonna value more and they're going to keep in their space? Now, not everybody loves mugs, but a lot of people do. If they have a custom mug that's made for them um, and it doesn't have your like logo and branding and stuff all over it, if it's not tacky, if it's tasteful and it's made specifically for them, how long are they gonna hang on to that mug? A long time, probably. They're probably gonna hang on to it for years. So, uh, when it comes to when it comes to giving gifts to your clients or to um, to potentially business partners, um, like any partnerships that you might have, I want you to consider that: is the amount that I'm spending on this gift is is it a consumable? Is it something that they're? It's, I'm not saying they're not going to appreciate it; they'll appreciate it. But is it something they'll consume? They'll remember for a short period, and then they're going to forget about, or. Can I take that same budget that I have for the gift and can I give them something that's gonna be a constant physical reminder that's in their space? Because even if it's something as small as a mug, maybe they're looking at that mug three, four, five, seven years later, and they're like, you know what? We haven't been to we haven't been to that destination for a while. And it's a reminder. It's there, right? Whereas if it was a dinner that you gave them, they consume that once. They're not gonna remember that dinner seven years later. And it's not gonna, it's not gonna be a constant physical reminder, um, of that relationship. So that was an extremely powerful lesson for me in marketing. Um, I thought it was brilliant and hopefully that's something that you can take and you can implement in the way that you interact with your guests is, well, maybe I can give them some kind of physical reminder. Um, that's, that's a, something that they'll actually use. That's the other big thing. Don't give them tacky things. Like don't, don't give them things that are w- all branded your stuff they don't want stuff that's all got your brand all over it Um, they want stuff that is got their brand all over it so put their name on it put a cool quote on it put something that they'll actually value and most likely that's not gonna be it's not gonna be having your logo all over it can you put your logo like on the bottom of the mug or something yeah sure but do it in a tasteful way Um, because you want something that they're actually gonna use if you plaster your stuff all over it, they're going to be like, eh, you know what, this is just it's it's swag, it's, it's stuff that I don't really want to use because it's just got branding all over it and as much as I'm a marketing guy, I'm not the one that's going to advocate that you brand the shit out of all your stuff um, and then give it to someone so that's my tidbit for today um, for you it might be day for me it is evening I'm just rolling in from a marketing gig that I was doing at VIP day. So um, I hope you guys got something out of that. Uh, if you did, go ahead and leave me a review. <laughs> if you didn't, I guess also leave me a review because um, I like to know when I'm not delivering either. So let me know. Uh, and if you're looking for more marketing tidbits like this, then make sure you subscribe to the podcast and that way you will continue getting them. All right, guys, have a fantastic day or evening or whatever it is, wherever you are. And I'll see you guys. I'm botching (laughs) it. I'll see you next time on Tourism Marketing Mastery.